Owning a small business can be overwhelming. How can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. There's so many places to reach customers. Email, text messages, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, live events. The list goes on. How are you, as the business owner, expected to own all of those channels? That's where Constant Contact comes in to help. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. I use this to grow my email list, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What up? What's going on? I see some of you guys out here doing the same as me. Andrew, drinking early. I'm getting old. I'm starting to get old. So the the early cocktail is far better for me than the than I, I can't. You know, nine o'clock comes and uh, start getting the old uh, sleepy eyes. So the the happy hour is far better for me at at as I start to get older and, you know, I mean, fantasy football folks, they'll wear you down. If you don't agree about Daryl Henderson, if you don't agree about Daryl Henderson, you'll start drinking before five Willis. You'll start drinking maybe at lunch, maybe at breakfast, put a little, uh, whiskey in the coffee because, you know, you have a lot of Travis Etienne teams and you have a lot of Daryl Henderson teams. And, you know, if you don't agree about Sony Michelle and Daryl Henderson, we're in trouble. So it's perfect. Happy hour is, is, has come in at a perfect time. Everybody, everybody's getting a little, we just need, we just need the season. We need the season to start. Bloody Mary's, yeah, something. Mimosas, Bloody Mary's, put some Baileys in the coffee. Probably would have been a good idea. We should have done a morning, should have done a brunch show this morning so that everybody could like take a step back from worrying so much about Sony Michelle and Daryl Henderson. It's going to be okay. I think your fifth round Daryl Henderson is fine. And something tells me not having Sony Michelle's snap share and target share down today, we're going to be all right. <clears throat> so yeah, I'm excited. Last week was a lot of fun. Last week, Last week was a lot of fun. This is perfect, Adam. This is this is perfect. I'm trying to wrap up a DK draft right now in the five dollar. Uh, literally, I think this is my last pick. Oh no, I lied. I get it. I got three more picks to go. So if I uh, if you're in that draft with me, which I think a couple people are, if you're in that draft with me, and I screw up and like time out or something, don't make fun of me because I'm trying to multitask and do the the DK draft on my phone. Yeah, home league. It's home league season, which I'm I'm actually getting excited for. You know, I've been so deeply ingrained into these best ball streets, but I really think that's helped me get better and like I feel locked in kind of for what I want to do in some of these home leagues or um, like getting in the main event on FFPC, that different, that different kind of stuff. I feel really good about that from doing all the best ball stuff. But I think we've reached this point We've reached this point in best ball where it's like, we just need the games to start. You know what I mean? Like, we don't need to be arguing about every little tiny nuance of Daryl Henderson. 
it's gotten a little bit it's gotten a little bit out of hand you're late three minutes three minutes and 50 seconds by my clock three minutes and 50 seconds late that means you got to buy a round for everybody um i mean this this is how i really am starting to feel like you know obviously starting this whole spike week thing and me really diving so heavily into this best ball space this year. Like, I mean, I'm just like all in right on best ball. I'm real. I'm a really, really huge believer in not, not even just like this season long NFL best ball thing. Obviously I'm a believer m- multiple contests with a million dollars up top. Three puppies, right? DraftKings is launching tons of contests. Drafters is launching multiple best ball championships. Like I think it's a really exciting time for best ball. And I've been just so all in on that, but it's also been the longest off season that we, I feel like we've had ever because of all the best ball, you know, uh, content, obviously I'm doing a ton of content, but like every, there's a lot more people involved in this, right? A lot more people are drafting earlier. A lot more people are interested in all of this. And I feel like we're just beating everything into a bloody pulp of, you know, exactly when did you get, what, what round did you get this certain guy in, you know, oh, hi, you were, you thought Henderson was a, a good pick in the puppy too. You were wrong. You know, oh, you know, you took, you took ETN in the fifth round. Ha ha. I got James Robinson in the eighth, you know, like we're doing this silly thing and everybody, it feels, maybe it's my bubble, right? I don't follow that many people on Twitter, whatever. Maybe it's my bubble, but like, what what are we really doing here you know what i mean like i feel i just feel like we are ooh 19th round sorry guys this is riveting i know but i got i mean i'm trying to decide between you know justin jackson well let's just take justin jackson hopefully i don't have i don't have eckler i don't think um but anyway you know all like all the injuries are happening and then that's bad enough we're having all, all of these injuries, right? Cam Akers, Michael Thomas, um, Travis Etienne. Um, what well, I'm probably missing, you know, Troutman got hurt. Um, DeAndre Swift isn't even healthy. Um, I do wonder about here's some galaxy brain kind of thoughts like the the the, the Daryl Henderson spraining his thumb. I, I'm pretty sure the Rams were always gonna, um, you know add somebody but i wonder if they really made it a priority to get someone like sony that they feel a little more confident in like you know being semi-competent i wonder if like this was like the the straw that broke the camel's back basically with henderson i don't know what you guys think i don't know what you guys think about that ethan you're gonna get booted you can't come in here with this nonsense come on what are we doing here I haven't even, I've only had like a sip out of my drink and we're starting the James White thing. Fun fact, I do really like James White. I gave Davis a lot of shit early. You know, that's what started this whole James White kind of stuff. And again, in my little bubble, um, I mean, I love Davis. Obviously, I mean, I'm doing, Davis and I are doing a weekly podcast together now. I think, um, I think Davis is, you know, he's a, he's very funny. He's very personable. And, um, you know, he was, a, did some of the bit thing and he's gotten, you know, he's gotten his fair share of shit over the years, but he's actually, uh, super sharp. And I really like bouncing ideas off of him and talk and talking to him, obviously, like I said, while we're doing a weekly show, but I gave him, I gave him shot oh, Latavius. Yes. Willis. I think that, okay, let me finish this James White point. And then we're going to come back to this. Cause I actually think, uh, this is a a really good one. So anyway, you know, I gave Davis shit for the James White thing, and my thoughts have evolved on James White. And that's the other great thing about this best ball stuff, right? Is like I was a little lower on James White to start the year, a little higher on like Giovanni Bernard, a little higher on some other guys. And my thoughts have evolved a little bit, even on like James White. I I have I have like I'm old like overexposed like i have more james white mainly on the ppr sites but i have more james white than probably a lot of people do and so it's like you know we can evolve our thoughts and you know we can also like have productive conversations about players about strategies or whatever 
And it's like, I feel like this is a perfect time to have like kind of this happy hour because I feel like we've reached the, like Andrew mentioned, not just with injuries, injuries are like, you know, wearing on people's mental health, <laughs> right? It sucks. I had like 12% Travis Etienne, which is not like a huge deal, but like I have my fair share of Cam Akers teams from drafting early, right? Luckily I avoided the Michael Thomas thing. But it's like, especially if you drafted Cam Akers and you were drafting Michael Thomas and you were drafting Travis Etienne, like all good picks, right? All good picks. You could have stockpiled just a ton of dead teams. And then if you were coming back and you were hitting some some Daryl Henderson, right? Well, now this is another kick in the junk when did, when the when the Sony Michelle happened. Like it can be brutal to make it through. And then you have the fact that everybody's just like, week one needs to get here. I feel like everybody's just like ready to tell each other that they're, you know, a fucking idiot. <laughs> Everybody just wants to tell each other that they're just absolutely, you know, wrong about everything. And I, and, and you're right. And I try my best to like, let's like, I'm basically just like trying to talk things through. Like I'm talking it through with you guys, right? We're just talking, we're, we're, we're talking these different ideas through these players through. I don't have any, you know, I don't have the, the golden ticket to any of this kind of stuff. I'm just trying to think about things um, in a way that hopefully can let us all, you know, we're just talking in the discord all day. Right. And most of you guys are in, if you're not in the spike week discord, um, either go to spikeweek.com, click discord in the top little plug, or, um, uh, it's been, I posted it to Twitter earlier, also a direct link, but we're just trying to have some fun. I enjoy drafting. Well, I like a shot at a million dollars or a hundred thousand dollars or $200,000. We're just trying to have some fun. Um, let me double back here on some things. Adam, I'll get to your question on the, your home league. That's this is really funny. No one, uh, no one really will give a shit about my home leagues or whatever. But I have a dynasty league, so I'm 33. We started a, uh, I started a dynasty league when I was in high school. I think a sophomore in high school. Um, so you know we're closing in on 20 years in this dynasty league with. We've had a little bit of turnover, but most of the same guys, like my high school buddies and, and and stuff. And there was, you know, we would go draft at, uh, especially draft at our local golf course. Um, my, my cousin is the, the head pro there. So we draft at the local golf course. And this was a thing that happened every single year. So it's really funny that you have this. Uh, you know, every, every time that somebody that has already been picked gets drafted, that was a thing that we had too. So that's really funny. Fantasy football. This is, I mean, shout out to you, Willis. Where's Belair? Is Belair in here? Uh, yep. There's, there's, there's Belair. I know Belair. We were just a week ago on this, on this happy hour. Uh, you have like 40% Henderson in uh, BBM. And, you know, it was like 12th round Henderson. Which is like still awesome. Blair's here. Um, you know, so it's funny because like I took a stand on Henderson in the puppy two, you know, so like sixth, fourth, fifth, sixth round Henderson. And like that contest is over. Is that ideal for me? No. I think I put a hundred teams into puppy two or something. That's not ideal for me. But I actually haven't drafted any really all like any BBMs or any DK Millies, you know, so I do have Henderson on DraftKings, this $5 contest quite a bit uh, in like the fourth, fifth round. But uh, it's like people are writing off Henderson. I don't know what's wrong with, I mean, I feel like 12th round, like I, I, I just looked today, my first DraftKings Daryl Henderson team was in the 13th round. It's like that. I still feel pretty good about that. You know, it's not ideal for my, you know, 500 bucks of puppy teams or whatever, but okay. You know what I mean? Like, um, so anyway, let's, let's, let's talk about some stuff we got here. Oh yeah. Let's double back to this Willis. This, a, this is the most brutal thing for me because of how I drafted. I was so heavy on kind of these, you know, I hate calling them like the zero RB guy. We need to come up with a better name for these, like, you know, contingent running backs. And like, certainly you could argue 
the fact that Latavius is older is it was a reason to be scared off. And this was possible that he's just dust. Absolutely uh, a possibility. I bet against that basically. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. But this more like, look, injuries happen and more injuries are going to happen. Right? Like we're really, we really focus in on the handful that happened during the preseason and during training camp, like ETN, like Cam Akers. But like, I mean, we haven't even, the season hasn't gotten here. You know, the guys who are smashed, right? Dak Prescott was the league winner last year. And oh, Dak teams are dead four weeks in. It's like you can be right and still be wrong further down the road. But the Latavius thing for me personally has actually been the worst thing. Has definitely been the worst thing. Because I was investing in him. And like I have a lot of good early teams. You know, I have a lot of dead early teams, but I have a lot of good early teams, right? I was, you have Latavius with 12th round Henderson with 13th round Trey Lance with 15th round Elijah Moore with, you know what I mean? With Antonio Gibson and Tyreek, right? So these ones are the ones that, get me some more like the Travis Etienne thing really sucked but this thing is like brutal I don't know why maybe it's just me what do we got Ooh, oh this is a good question this is a really good question everybody has blind spots so if I put I want to read it because I'm trying I'm trying to catch up we just got the podcast feed up and running in case anyone is more interested in the podcast versions of these. It's just been on YouTube. We do have the podcast feed up now for Spike Week. I'm behind. I have way too many things on my to-do list, and so I'm a little bit behind, but so I'm going to read it for when I post it to the podcast feed. We all have blind spots when it comes to drafting. What's a blind spot you think may come back to haunt you? I have two, DJ Moore in the Carolina receivers and Deontay in the Steelers receivers. This is a really good question. Um, if anybody has their own, I would actually like to hear what you guys reply to this question because this is an awesome question. And so I'm thinking I'm also buying time for me to come up with an answer. First one that jumps to my mind, 150% is actually Najee Harris. Uh, I've drafted maybe like two or three shares of Najee Harris across like more than 500 teams, more than 500 drafts. My general strategy is not buying guys I expect to be very inefficient. Like, we're all expecting Najee Harris to be inefficient as a player, right? If you listened, uh, Silva and Levitan on the Establish the Run podcast put out a really good show, uh, like updating after the Travis Etienne injury and their Silva's latest changes. And they talked about Najee and they actually bumped him up. And I, I think that's totally reasonable. But Silva even makes a point that says, uh, you know, his yards per carry isn't going to look very good. And frankly, you know, like it's just, it's all volume. It's all volume, which I, I, I mean, that's good. Volume, volume is good. My approach to this season is to, basically bet against the guys that we are drafting solely for volume. And so the other guy that, that comes to my mind when I think about that is Darren Waller. So Najee, Najee is like, there's not a person on the planet expecting Najee to be efficient. You're just like, everybody keeps saying, Oh, he's going to get 350 touches. I was looking at it earlier today. You know how many people got 350 touches? Almost no one. And so when you go into a season and you, you're saying, I'm only drafting him because I think he's going to get 350 touches. Well, guess what? That doesn't happen very often. Even when you think it's going like every year we come into the season with these guys where we're like, yep, he's going to get 350 touches. And then two players across the entire league get it. Right. Whether it be and like whether it be because of injury or because we were just wrong. We, we actually just did this dance. With James Conner last year, I did this dance with James Conner last year. James Conner was one of my favorite third-round picks of last season because we were coming in with this 
right? Steelers love their workhorse running backs. He's going to be, you know, he's going to play the workhorse role. He's going to catch passes. And that wasn't entirely wrong, but he was inefficient before he got hurt. And then he got hurt. And so, like, even if he had stayed healthy, he would have been fine. But he he, he still wasn't, because of the inefficiency, he wasn't going to be the guy where you were like, oh, my God, I don't have James Conner. And I don't want to bet on the guys like that, basically. So I'm betting against Najee, and I'm betting against Darren Waller. Uh, Darren Waller is a guy I like I like fine. I mean, he's a, in real life, he's a stud, right? Just an absolute stud. Um, and I bet on him in the last two years. I was on Darren Waller last year, and I was way on Darren Waller two years ago. But now we're at a peak cost. He has to do what he did last year. Not to do this bullshit thing that people do. Where they're like, if you take away his best game. But if we do that thing, where you take away his, his best game, if you remember, he dropped like a almost a 50-burger on the Jets, which is a fun week. That was one of my best DFS weeks of the year. Shout out Henry Ruggs and shout out Greg Williams for that long play uh, and the last play of the game. But Darren Waller had that, like, he was good all year. He was absolutely, he was an elite tight end all year. And he had the one week where it was like, oh my God, he dropped 50 fantasy points. <laughs> and so that's not that big of a deal because you want that, right? You get those points. That's that's 50 fantasy points that you get in your lineup, right? The spikes are exactly what we should be targeting. So that's why he's, I mean, he's awesome. But now they're playing the toughest schedule in the NFL per sharp football analysis. Warren Sharp posted a, an awesome graphic that has the, the toughest, you know, the schedules basically on a, a graph of the easiest to the toughest schedules. They have the toughest schedule in the league. I think they really, really outperformed expectation last year in terms of efficiency and scoring. And I could certainly be wrong, but I don't believe Derek Carr is very good. They, their offensive line got worse, right? They got much worse actually on the, on the offensive line. I, they didn't do really anything to improve their weapons. And like, I've made it this thing about Josh Jacobs that I don't like Josh Jacobs, but I actually like Josh Jacobs as a player. I actually think he's quite good. And they're going to give some touches and snaps to Kenyon Drake, who I don't think is good. So I just think there's a lot of reasons to bet against the Raiders, which in turn is like, I know I know Waller's going to get his volume, but there's a difference between him getting his volume and him paying off a, a draft cost at the 2-3 turn or in FFPC and tight end premium paying off a middle of the first, you know, or a first round draft cost. And so, but I have to answer, you know, super, super long-winded way of answering the question, I think those are the two guys that jump to my mind. Because they because if they do get that volume and I'm wrong about the Raiders or I'm wrong about the Steelers, basically, um, they could definitely they could definitely hurt me at their at their cost. Let's go through now some of these. Frankenback. I can get behind that. I can get behind any name that doesn't make everybody triggered. Anytime we say he's a zero RB back, everybody's like, fucking zero RB guys. They're all assholes, right? Best thing about the zero RB thing is I'm a, I, I, I'm more of a wide receiver type guy. But if you look across like all my early BBMs, it's actually a lot more early running backs because I could get Elijah Moore in the 16th round or whatever. So like if I were, you know, knock on wood, if I do well in Best Ball Mania 2, it's probably going to be one of my early teams. And there, it's probably going to be like <laughs> uh, Kamara Gibson or whatever, or like a robust team, which will be really funny. That's kind of what I'm hoping for just to trigger everybody. Yeah, Chubb. Chubb is another one. I'm trying. So I'm I'm staying strong on Najee. I'm staying strong on Najee. Um, I think. Did we talk? When did we talk about this? Chubb. Hayden. Hayden has brought up some good points. It might have been on this last week. I can't keep all the shows straight. Um, I'm I'm trying to. I actually took Chubb in this draft. I just did. I'm trying to correct a little bit of the, my Chubb exposure because. Uh, well, that sounds really bad. If, you, if you're not into fantasy football and you say I'm trying to correct my Chubb exposure, probably sounds bad. <clears throat> um, Chubb 
is the kind of guy that's going to be we we basically know the efficiency is going to be there so i think about it in terms of like a comparison to i really like gibson i like ceh i like jonathan taylor i like um yeah, probably those guys are great examples because I think I can count on a certain level of efficiency. I know a certain level of talent and there's upside if things break their way, whether it's role growth, right? I'm betting on Gibson getting growing over the course of the year um, to getting, you know, more third downs, more targets, what, whatever. Well, Chubb doesn't have, like the path to just like grow into that because Kareem Hunt is there, but he still does have the contingent value of if something were to maybe Kareem Hunt becomes dust. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen. Maybe just Kareem Hunt isn't good anymore or Kareem Hunt gets hurt. Now Chubb becomes the workhorse in what we, I mean, he, we know he's going to be efficient. We know the offense is going to be efficient. So I'm trying to make sure I just don't want to have zero Nick Chubb basically. I'm not going crazy on him, but I'm making sure to mix Nick Chubb in versus like Najee. I'm uh, I'm the opposite. What else did we got here? This was such a good question. I'm, thank you for for asking this question. Montgomery, Jacobs, Odell, Gallaudet. Yep, yep. Those are I. I don't know if I've drafted Montgomery. I do have Jacobs, so I should I, should, I need to remove him as the poster boy of the the dead zone or whatever, but. Sometimes Jacobs falls really, really far. I was looking. Uh, I have two. <laughs> I have two James Robinson teams. <clears throat> uh, that's three on underdog. Two in the DraftKings Millie. Uh, w- one has Cam- one has Cam Akers. Two of them have Josh Jacobs. <laughs> so I wasn't feeling too good about any James Robinson exposure. But I agree on these guys. I also agree on. Uh, I, I'm trying to force myself to mix. Mix around the late round flyers too. Yeah, this this is how I feel. I mean, if I I I, I it could kill me, but you, you just can't cover every base. And so I, you know, people will talk about uh, people that I I talk to frequently, people that I really respect or whatever in the in the space will talk about like, oh, I just went through structure. I'm not going to win through player eval and all that kind of stuff. But you can't cover every base. Like I do, still want to. Like you do, I do believe, and maybe this is the DFS player in me that like, I still only get 150 bullets in each one of these tournaments. I have to make stands somewhere. I can't bet on every player because then I'm like, yes, you can win through structure, but like you do have to win a little bit through player bets. And so like, I'm trying to make less of them than say I have in the past. But like I do, like I'm just that Najee is just one of those bets, and you know if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It's very possible that I'm going to be wrong, but that's just for me. That's one of the things that I'm, I'm doing. Blind spot is the Tennessee offense. Yeah, so this uh, plug uh, the article I wrote yesterday. The Tennessee offense is one I want to be overexposed to, Adam, because, um. If, you know, if, if Derrick Henry stays healthy, if all thing, if the defense holds up, if all things remain the same, the Titans, I think, can be fine. I mean, I love A.J. Brown, but I even think Julio can be fine. Um, I think Ferkser can provide you some spikes. <clears throat> you know, Darrington is Darrington. Um, he's more of a handcuff. But, and I think Tannehill can be fine. Tannehill was the QB7 last year in fantasy. But... If you know the the catastrophic event that could happen that could that could make Tennessee like the had to have offense absolute smash had to have offense is if Derrick Henry gets hurt. I think every single player on that offense becomes a screaming value. Even AJ Brown in the second round becomes a screaming value if Tennessee you know if, if something happens to Derrick Henry. Even if Derrick Henry stays healthy, this defense might get worse. I, I think it has gotten worse, and so. If they just get into kind of some shootouts or, you know, they're getting lit up a little bit on defense to where they just can't do the Derrick Henry 30 carries a game type thing and they need to open it up a little more, which is like probably what they should do when you trade for Julio freaking Jones um, and your best tight end is strictly a wide receiver in Anthony Ferkser. I think that the upside is really, really crazy on the Titans. So I'm on the Titans for sure. 
Um, let's see. Let's see. Jameson, I had a blind spot in not getting sacks I really believe in, but in different slots. Can you explain? Sorry, I know I'm a little behind on the comments. Reaching for a RAM stack. Of... Oh, oh, okay. So like uh, text, different textures of your teams, right? That's how I was to start the year too. I screwed that up. Definitely a big time. Uh, but I think we, I think honestly, pretty much, pretty much everybody did. These are things we didn't talk about. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't talk about these things. Best ball is still so new, and these different strategic elements are still so new. Um, the big, the big one that now is not really that crazy, but it was. I, I, I'll never forget it because when before ADP got ruined by ship chasing, it was actually not. I'm not trying to say it was me, but I went on uh, the first time I went on ship chasing this year. If you don't, if you don't know what ship chasing is, um, I'm sure that like 99% of you do. But in case you don't know what ship chasing is. Uh, go to Peter Overzet's YouTube channel. He does a weekly show. Uh, now, moving into the se- uh, heading into the season, it's going to be a lot more frequently. Uh, but uh, called ship chasing, you know, both season long and best ball kind of drafting and and just fantasy football analysis. It's excellent. I love uh, I love those guys. But I went on ship chasing, and we were talking about best ball drafts and kind of talking about the wide receiver running back thing or whatever. And like after that, the wide receiver ADP like got broken. You know, you, that some of the guys you used to be able to get later, you know, you used to be able to take your early running backs and still get good wide receivers, right? We the ADP totally shifted on, on ship chasing. And when we, but when we did that show, I, I brought up this CMC point that you made. And it was like, I love the Cowboys and C and CMC is obviously the best asset in all fantasy. And I was like, but I don't have Cowboys stacks with CMC. Or I don't like, you know, it wasn't necessarily that easy to get Dak, um, at least out of value with with CMC. But I was like, I love CD. I, I really like Amari. And obviously CMC is awesome. But I just have like Justin Jefferson and AJ Brown or George Kittle and CEH or whatever. All the guys that at that time were the ADP around that 2-3 turn. CD actually went later back then. Believe it or not, CD was not a second round pick all of summer, all the, the entire draft season. And I was, you had to reach if you wanted to get CD and Amari at the two, three turn. Now it's a little more reasonable, but I was like, I, I, I need to mix in these different textures because like, if I'm right about the Cowboys and I'm right about CMC, I don't want to have all my Cowboys on non CMC teams. So I've started to, I've really actually actively started to force different textures of teams um, actually, uh, yesterday I went on a draft. I went on a stream with with Peter again with with Overset again yesterday, and we we did that. We forced a little bit of a different texture. Um, Washington, that's a good one. The football team, they are interesting. I will say because I'm like mega bullish on Washington. I don't know how you guys feel. I don't know how you guys feel about the football team, but I'm like. <clears throat> like this is the one thing that like Levitan has been screaming it from the mountaintops. And I mean, he could not possibly be more right. In my opinion is that like that, that Washington football team is just set up to smash. Like, I mean, they, we could argue they have the best defense in the NFL or they're right. They're up there. They're right up there with a few of the top teams, right? Tampa and uh, Cleveland and, you know, those guys, but like, I mean, they're just loaded on defense. Offensive line is meh. But you have Terry McLaurin, awesome wide receiver. Logan Thomas, one of the better tight ends in the NFL. Uh, added Curtis Samuel, very good playmaker. Added Deami Brown. Even added Adam Humphreys, who like we're not super bullish on, but it's an upgrade for them. And then you have Antonio Gibson, obviously a, a big-time player in the backfield, and J.D. McKissick. And now Jarrett Patterson also looks good. And they they were pretty good last year with Alex Smith. At quarterback now you make a big upgrade to ryan fitzpatrick and so this is one where i'm super super bullish on washington like overall season and that's also what has me bullish on antonio gibson but i do feel like i need to get more of the other guys like it's uh i can i would compare them to this is, i don't know how you feel about this it's a similar situation to the chargers for me like i'm really bullish on the chargers the chargers offense is like uh, I'm in, I'm in on the chargers offense, but I don't have enough of the chargers offense. You know, at least with Washington, I have a lot of Gibson, but like, 
I need to make sure I'm getting my fair share of McLaurin and Logan Thomas and Curtis Samuel. I, def- I have a, quite a bit of Deami De- Brown, but like I need to make sure I'm mixing in those other guys too. And the Chargers are the same way for me. All right, I'm going to try to catch up a little bit here. Thank you. Yes. Own YouTube channel. Sorry. Good call. Good call. We don't want to give Peter. We don't want to get I don't want Peter to get the credit for ship chasing. This is definitely also true. Chris G. But Chris is maxed out. Chris is maxed out. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah, this is a really good question. I'm trying to understand the math if you should draft a player you already have exposure to once he gets steamed. Possibly I'm being lazy. It's possible I'm being lazy. But it's 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 a mar- excuse me, it's a market. It's a market. Sorry, somebody asked what I was drinking. That's why I got the burps here. Really just not good streaming streaming etiquette. But the, the the Sony Michelle people wore me down today, man. <clears throat> the James Robinson people wore my ass down the last 24 hours. So I, I needed a little a little monster vodka, little Tito's, little Tito's and monster. So I got to get the monster, you know, all the carbonation from the monster flowing through me. So I apologize. But to me, it's I'm it's because I want to treat it like a market. I think we might actually, it's possible we're about to get a chance to buy back in on Henderson. It's possible we're about to get a chance to buy back in on Henderson. But it's like, I just want to be as much as I can trying to buy, trying to buy low, sell high, right? It's, you know, I'm, uh, uh, you can listen to the NFT guys and uh, the market guys on Twitter. They're all the best financial advice you can find on Twitter. But like I bought Henderson just like you did Belair uh, in the, in the 12th round or whatever in the contest where other, where all of us have that 12th round Daryl Henderson. I now don't want to be buying fourth round Daryl Henderson because a it's like, I have my exposure to him creates natural diversification. And if he is right, my 12th round teams are better than the than the fourth round teams with him. And he's going there in every draft now with the new ADP. So it's a, it's it's kind of this it's just, it's just this like you know market game but also you know a little bit of game theory and and I think you know and then now right we see maybe he wasn't the total smash and maybe what if he falls now to eighth ninth round now you can take him again if you want to jamar chase is a good example jamar chase was a guy i wasn't really drafting that much early because like i liked all the other wide receivers in his range better i liked his own teammate who went after him better in t higgins and so i i forced myself to take him a few times like just because i don't i was trying not to be totally stubborn like jamar chase can absolutely outperform t higgins even though i don't think that's what's going to happen but now it's like I mean, I, I just, I literally, uh, I passed on Jamar Chase. I've done a handful of DK drafts today in the $5 because it's almost going to fill. I passed on Jamar Chase in like the middle of the sixth round today because I've taken him like all day in the sixth round. I think I took him in the early seventh earlier, but it's this, it's like, well, you know, I didn't need to take him in the fourth because I thought he was overvalued there. If you're right, you made a bet that you're right about that. If you're right about that, then you're going to have opportunities to take him again later. So like, and if you're wrong about that, you can always correct it, right? If you're, if you were, if you're wrong about Jamar Chase isn't over, you know, I thought Jamar Chase was overvalued where he was going. If I'm wrong, it's like, I can, for, I can, for, I can jam him in later. But if you're right, the, the benefits of that are huge because now you have, you know, in theory, the best Jamar Chase teams that exist. Right. You like Belair, you have the best Daryl Henderson teams. 40% of your teams are the best Daryl Henderson teams. You know, does that mean he's going to, you know, take you to the ship? Who knows? But you have the, in case he is the winner, you have, you, you have the best of those teams. 
No, your question was awesome, dude. That's what I'm looking for. That was a really awesome, you know, uh, mental exercise. Yeah, this is crazy. You guys are sickos. <clears throat> All right, would you be happy with these two stacks, Brady? Oh man, you. Why do? You, why does it have? Why does the question have to be with Brady? I have zero Tom Brady. So I will say I like these stacks. I like the Bucks and I like the Bengals. And I like these I like these stacks. Um, I also like OJ Howard as a late a late uh tight end and I totally like pairing these these stacks together. But um the other really get if you want to get galbrained with me, the Bucks play the Jets in week uh 17 and the Bengals play the Chiefs in week 17. So two really nice stacks to have then. Uh the issue for me with Brady is just that I don't see much of a path to him paying you off. And I talk about that all the time. And I think that's where I differ typically from, from most people. It's just that I think in like a, a payoff perspective, like, I mean, could, could Brady score 30 fantasy points in the, in a playoff week? Yeah, it's possible, but I, I just, you know, the NFL has changed and I just want to bet a little bit more on some of these runners and i can get the benefits of tom brady with like you did with evans with oj howard with godwin with ab with geo i can get i can get the benefits of him and then try to you know i like trey lance and justin fields and trevor lawrence and and those kind of guys um and try to try to capture the like legendary upside at the quarterback position that's just my kind of stance on Brady, but I mean, I like the Bucks and I like the Bengals, so. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Ship chasing. Those guys are the worst. They, they love wide receivers. Hate running backs. Don't listen to them. Let's see. Yep. Um, I've been forcing Logan Thomas. I've been forcing Logan Thomas. I'm happy. I'm happy that I've been forcing Logan Thomas pretty much all throughout the year. He's the one. He, he's actually the one. I'm. I'm. Maybe this is stubborn too. I'm not that upset with not having a ton of McLaurin because of where he goes. But I feel like I. I it's possible I'll be upset if I don't make sure I have enough Logan Thomas. You know, tight end position. It's so weak. It's so incredible. If Kelsey doesn't smash. Why can't Logan Tom? Why isn't Logan Thomas one of the next best like opportunities at the tight end position? They they have a, a a totally fine playoff schedule. The Eagles twice. Why can't Logan Thomas catch two touchdowns in two of the three playoff playoff weeks at tight end, playing every snap? One of the few like you know workhorse tight ends. So I I, I think personally you should make sure you have enough Logan Thomas. And his cost is totally fine on underdog, in my opinion. Totally fine on underdog. He's a little pricey on on DraftKings, but he's also a little better on DraftKings. So, I, I, but I'm 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 forcing Logan Thomas, and I think we should. I like Hertz, Sam. I like Hertz. I don't have I going back to the very original question about like who do you not have enough of. I think Hertz is one of the guys that I don't have enough of. I jammed so I've jammed so much Lance. Uh, and so the real issue is that Hertz used to go basically in like the eighth round. It went past ADP. I actually don't know what the ADP is right now, but past ADP went, uh, yeah, the top five quarterbacks. And then you had Russ Herbert Hertz. This was before Rogers. Uh, you know, this was like pre, that we knew Rogers was playing. And I was like, I can't, you know, I can't take Hertz in the eighth round. You know, this was like, like LaVisca went in the eighth round. Chenault went in the eighth round, like Gallup went in the eighth round. Um, we were, you know, Will Fuller went in the eighth, ninth round. Right? We were living in Raheem Mostert, right? Sermon. We went in the, we were living in a very different world back then. But so I just like never, I literally never took Hertz. I actually talked to Scott Barrett from Fantasy Points and he was like, Hertz is one of my stands. Uh, we did a stream a few weeks ago. 
he was like, Hertz is one of my stands because it's like this guy is like the legendary rushing upside at the quarterback position. And we're like assuming he can't throw and like the Eagles offense is meh or whatever, but like they're in this, 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 you know, same situation where like they're like to the Cowboys basically. And this is going to sound egregious if you just clip that off, but the whole offensive line was hurt last year for the Eagles. Their weapons were horrid. What happened last year should almost be a write-off for the Eagles, just like it should be a write-off for the Cowboys. But we have written it off for the Cowboys. We're like, yep, we saw the upside for the Cowboys, right? Dak, CD, Amari, Gallup, Zeke, Pollard, good offensive line. We're excited. Eagles were like, nope, they suck. And, like, they're not the Cowboys, but, like, they're going to get an offensive line back. Like, they have enough talent. Devontae Smith won the freaking highs. Like, Devontae Smith is, like, a good wide receiver. Jalen Rager, who, you know, I don't know if he's good, but we were excited about him last year. Quez Watkins looks okay. If Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz, Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell. I feel like I, I feel like I was wrong, a little bit wrong about the amount of hurts that I have, and I probably – Excuse me, probably need to correct it. Fant makes sense. Yep. I was forcing Fant too. I was making sure to force Fant too, and I think we should force Fant. Um, to a lesser extent from Logan Thomas. To a little, I, I'm more bullish on Logan Thomas than I am on, on Noah Fant. But that's also like, that could be wrong because... Fant is a flat-out better football player than Logan Thomas. Chris G is everyone's spirit animal. I just steal all my my ideas from Chris G. Except maxing out the BBM in, like, June. What are we doing, Chris? Yeah, kind of. Kind of. <clears throat> I think so. Because you, you can all... You, you know, you can always buy and sell you can always like you can always adjust right you can all you can always adjust and and like i mean there's guys that i'm buying i i haven't been able to get him because the steam is so strong but i was more uh think about think about Corey davis and elijah moore i was more on elijah moore especially at cost than Corey davis I have my fair share of Corey Davis. I think, I think I was nine or ten percent Corey Davis. I'm I'm definitely on the Jets. I'm 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 high on the Jets, but I was like heavier on Elijah Moore. But like, I probably should have bought Corey Davis a little bit earlier. However, I you can still buy in whenever you want to. I've been trying to get the the problem is the steam has gotten so out of control on Corey Davis. Like I said, I've been drafting mostly on DraftKings. I really don't know exactly on underdog how it's going. But on on DraftKings, I mean, the guy, he doesn't even make it to pick 100 anymore. I think he's going to have like an eighth round EDP soon. So I might have missed the boat there, but like I, you, could, you can still always buy. He's not shifting that much. But I, I'm just trying to play the market as best I can. I don't if you're talking to me, I agree. I am a dummy. Let's see, let's see. Yeah, um, we'll definitely get more into this in the offseason. Be really really interesting to see how the offseason goes because you know, if you hit on I don't know, Javante or something in the 16th round that can be really beneficial but you also you know tons of risk so balancing that is a really interesting yeah i kind of can't wait for the season to be over too yeah 100 percent, andrew 100 percent. yeah yeah i totally agree sam like that's that that's a really added benefit too. Really, really good point. That's a uh, you know, if if 
you can backdoor stack guys. I feel like it's added. I, maybe I'm just galbraining this idea, but if you can backdoor stack guys, I feel like that's a really added benefit. Ertz is available for free. Quez is available for free. Gainwell is available for free. I don't really like stacking with my running backs unless they're James White or whatever. And I think Gainwell is kind of the more of the Naheem Hines, James White. He's actually gotten comped by his coach to Naheem Hines, you know. And so you have those backdoor stack options and he's a run, right? His his value is in, in rushing. And so it's fairly disingenuous of me to like Trey Lance in the 11th round and not like Jalen Hurts in the 10th or 11th round. And so I'm just trying to correct that. Yeah, I'm I was kind of on Higby very early on. And I'm kind I'm I'm so so on Higby. What do you guys think about Higby? I'm very so so. The the run that he made uh you know to close two years ago was was sweet and and we'll always have that. I'm just not certain that he can replicate it in this offense with all those weapons and and such. I do like Tunyon. I think Tunyon's undervalued. I like Tunyon. Yep, DK five dollars going to fill soon. Pretty crazy. My team's probably stuck in there, so it's really it's really plus EV because uh, just like the puppy two Henderson was one of my stands, and I am a gup that uh, punted away some some fourth round Daryl Henderson teams in there. However, I do think it's a really plus EV tournament, even though the payout structure really really sucks. I think. Man, the drafts are, you can make some really good teams. As you should be. You should be happy about it. Corey Davis looks good. Ha. Uh, fade what they're saying. This That seems, I don't mean that as a slight. That probably came off poorly. Um, you know what they like. The maybe the biggest edge in any draft you can do is when you know what the room is going to do. I actually like being in ship chasing drafts. This sounds weird because I'm a wide receiver guy. Being in ship chasing type rooms where it's crazy wide receiver heavy, I like being in because I know what they're going to do. I know who they like. I know who's going to be available later. I know where the value is going to come. And so when you know who your coworkers like, like Hayden and Josh, that's an advantage. So like knowing what they're going to do, knowing the players that they like and basically kind of fading them. Or if you really like them, you know, there's ways to play that too. Let's see. Do you sometimes get caught up with being uh, too mindful of your player exposures while drafting and forgetting that team you're drafting is one by itself. And I, I actually do not. Very good question. I actually do not um, have this issue. And I actually think sometimes I might go too, too far that way and that I'm in a room and I'm trying to draft the best team in that room. I do. I do try to mix up some things here and there, but I am more open to being a little bit overexposed to certain players than maybe some of my colleagues would be. So I lean the other way, which is a little bit of risk tolerance, a little bit of whatever, but that's, that's my personal preference. I don't think Miles Sanders is going to be the key. He's really falling. So if you want to take him in the sixth round or something, yeah, I mean, totally fine. <clears throat> I'm pretty out on Miles Sanders. But you cannot see your exposures on DraftKings. Good luck. It's brutal. Brutal product. Uh definitely. Definitely a lot of a lot of backdoor stack options on DraftKings, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, Higby's fine. I mean, Higby, Higby definitely has upside, so no no hating on Higby, that's for sure. 
Yeah, my issue with Higby is I think he's just pushed up with like a little bit of wish casting, which is like also the truth for some of the guys that I like. So I can't like really bash on it. Um, but I, he's still in that range where there's like really attractive options at other positions. And so it's like, what real, like, seriously, what really is the difference between Tyler Higby and the Patriots tight ends or Tyler Higby and Cole Komet, right? Like maybe Higby is a better bet, but like how much five rounds, six rounds. And then you compare the, it's not even just that five round, six round difference. It's two, it's a two V two. You know what I mean? Cole Komet and who's a 10th, you know, whatever. Pick your favorite 10th round other player. Could also be a quarterback too, not just a running back or a wide receiver. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be in Philly for week one of NFL. Um, I'm in the DraftKings uh, baseball DFS live final and then that's also for week one. So if you're not a ship chaser and you're interested in coming out to something different for NFL week one, I will be in Philly where DraftKings is holding their week one launch event. And hopefully I'll win a million dollars in MLB DFS. You probably did all right, Sam. You probably did all right. Let's see. Uh, uh, uh. Hmm, this is a good question. This is a good question. How I would frame it as in I'm not trying to be a year ahead more often. I'm trying to hit on the situations where being a year ahead pays me off the most. That's actually why I struggle a little bit with Higby is that I don't foresee an outcome where he's like this insane tight end. I foresee an outcome where like he exceeds his draft cost, but I don't foresee an outcome where like the next, you know, next year we're drafting him like, you know, in the Kittle Waller tier, right? Like I don't foresee that outcome. And I'm trying to draft the, you know, of course, draft capital and, and all that kind of stuff matters. But I, I'm, I think you want to maximize the returns when you're, when you hit on that post type sleeper, as opposed to just finding a post type sleeper, right? He could be a, he could be a guy that breaks out a little bit and still not be a guy where you're like, I had to have him to win a 200,000 person best ball contest. And so that, I think that's the difference that we're weighing those. We're weighing those things. Yeah. I'm going to need to win the MLB, the DraftKings baseball live final to get even on all the sterile Henderson and Travis Etienne and Cam Akers. That's why I started the happy hour to sulk my Daryl Henderson teams. Anything else? We're closing in on an hour about perfect time. This is this is good. This is good timing. Let's see. I'm doubling back to see if there's anything I missed. Oh, uh, Adam, you brought up this question. Let me double check. Superflex, full PPR at the 12 spot. Oh boy. Where where are my fish Scott Fishbowl people? Or it's who who has uh Full PPR Superflex takes not my area of expertise. I will say at the 12 spot, my gut take from seeing some Scott Fishbowl and some Superflex uh, stuff on Twitter and whatnot is if there's a way to capitalize on the cheaper quarterbacks, I think that would be ideal. It's kind of like the CMC thing in our best ball drafts where like if you pick 12th, you can double tap running back, right? You can take uh, JT and 
mix in. I'm just throwing examples out there. But like if CMC and Dalvin and Kamara, whatever, are the league winners, you just you're just building the same team as those guys, but worse. So that's how I like to think about it. Like you're picking 12th. If all the elite quarterbacks are gone by the time you get there, how are you going to beat the teams with the elite quarterbacks? Well, it would be Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Tua, those kind of guys. That's my gut take. Oh, man, good question. (laughs) I don't have any faith in – I don't have any faith in – and Dan Campbell and the Lions to be slow rolling the league. I, I have some fairly real concerns about Swift's health, personally. Yeah, this could be, it could be, listen to these guys. Yeah, tight end, tight end premium. I like, I like Kittle. Industry draft from the 111 went Kelsey Barkley and wound up with Stafford Lance Darnold. I mean, if you can get if you can get Kelsey Saquon and still get Stafford Lance Darnold and Superflex, uh, sign me up. I kind of that's where I'd lean. I'm not saying you. I'm not saying to avoid a, a quarterback there, but my guess is that the elite ones will all be gone, and I think capitalizing on a, a Lance Fields, Darnold, Teddy, capitalizing on those guys exceeding expectations is probably your best way to beat the elite quarterback teams and like the CMC teams. That's nice. What the hell, man? Where were you? We missed you. Um, Davis and I talked about this on not the last uh, yet two two if you want to go back on the channel like and subscribe to the Spike Week YouTube channel if you want to go back on the channel Davis and I talked about this quite a bit actually two uh, Sports Grid Spike Week crossover shows we've done two and the first one we talked about the the slow draft thing um, I think the expected value of a fast draft is like infinitely higher than a slow draft but I also understand. There's only a finite amount of time. We can't all be on our phones or on our computers at all points in time. So, huh. yeah, I actually haven't watched last night yet. I got the wife to start watching uh, the Formula One document, the Formula One show on Netflix, which is I'm, I'm I've gotten super into Formula One now from this uh, from Drive to Survive. So I got her to start watching it. And so we're back on that. Higby behind Thomas Fantonian. Goddard's tough, I will say. Goddard's tough. Goddard's tough. All right. Couple, just a couple more minutes. I'm gonna, and then I gotta, I don't wanna, I don't wanna get in trouble. You know what I mean? You stay too long at happy hour and you get in trouble. Let me double back. Um, that's funny. Missed that earlier. You're less dead than you were before. Not ideal. Uh, this is actually what I, this is my approach. I'm not doing, I haven't done any of the high stakes like the, the, uh, the big dog on underdog or the 555 on DraftKings. Um, I'm kind of trying to wait out the information information advantage and see if there's overlay to determine how much I want to fire at it. Because there's like I just have far less 12th round Henderson teams to worry about, right? Far less teams that have like well nobody has sony michelle in those or whatever right i I just don't have to worry about as much you know like in the bbm i have to worry about all the team the thousands of teams that are drafted with late round henderson or whoever that person is late round callaway Um, but i don't have to worry about those in these these small fields so uh 
I personally am drafting it a little bit, kind of th this approach as late as late as possible. Yes, fact, soul crushing. Um, let's see, let's see. Yep, overlay. Yeah, see, um, I think I think it's it's not giving up expected value. It's that fast drafts, and so I guess maybe it is giving up expected value. Fast drafts, people make more mistakes. It could be as simple as the fact that pe more people are going to be on auto draft in your fast drafts, right? You sign up and you forget about it. it. Like just that in and of itself creates more EV. And now you're combining that with the fact that people make more mistakes because you only have 30 seconds to make a pick, right? You're, you're walking your dogs or you're making dinner or you're having a conversation with somebody or whatever. And, Oh crap, I got 10 seconds. Uh, pick somebody and, you, and people screw it up. Yeah. Yes. Yes, you do. Um, no, no double elite tight end starts for me. Um, if it was a trend, I'm happy it was a trend because I think that's, I think that's a really poor use of draft capital. Double elite tight end. Uh, you're not going. You're not really going. Oh, see the the dogs agree. No double elite tight end. You're not. You're not gaining and like really gaining like any points at tight end, but you're absolutely losing points and you're losing the shot at this crazy high upside elite option with uh, two tight ends in the first three rounds. Exactly. All right, guys. Thank you a ton. This was a lot of fun. I'm, this is, we're going to, we're definitely going to be continuing this going into the season. Um, even during the season, we're just going to have a happy hour hangout on Wednesdays. Be a perfect time to kind of talk through what happened before, you know, there's going to be in season best ball contests. And obviously maybe we can tilt a little bit, right. About uh, who, who is not, FFPC, totally fine. Best ball, um, normal, non non tied in premium, not so fun. Um, if if you are hanging out on Friday night, special announcement. Haven't posted it yet. Super excited. Gonna do a big dog draft. Friday, six p.m. Eastern, with the one, the only, Evan Silva. Evan Silva from Establish the Run is coming on Spike Week, and we're going to do a big dog draft on Underdog on Friday. Super pumped to announce that. Um, and then tomorrow uh, we'll have the typical Thursday draft stream and still Friday at noon of the typical Friday draft stream, but special occasion when you can get the big dog himself on to do a big dog draft. You do it. Um, so I will catch you guys tomorrow. I will catch you guys on Friday. And I'll catch you guys on Friday night for a, maybe a combo happy hour and, and draft stream. But until then, spikeweek.com. Hit subscribe below. All those fun different things that every streamer of all time does. And I'll catch you guys later.